we were actually uh, for the Saturday games. We were actually in Philly having some cheese steaks after our buddy's wedding. Justin, how do you enjoy Philly? Philly was great. It was a super good time. I love the architecture. Love big brick buildings, and they got a lot of those there. Sure. Yeah, all about the bricks. <laughs> what was the place that we got those cheesesteaks called? What was it for, What was it called? I don't remember. It was great. <laughs> yeah, good good place. So I did notice something funny about when you go to Philly. So when you go to, let's say, New York City, you know, people give you recommendations. People are like, oh, did you go to this museum? Did you go to this restaurant? Did you see that site? Most cities are like that if you tell someone you're going to go there. You you tell someone you're going to Philly, and all you do is hear just a bunch of cliches from various pop culture references. <laughs> um, so I cannot tell you how many times I was told to go lick the Liberty Bell. Um, <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how many times uh, there was like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reference uh, or... Patty's Pub. What was, or the Rocky Stairs. Oh, the Rocky Stairs. Actually, my, my cab driver on the way to the airport when we were leaving, all he did like for the entire drive to the airport was complain about tourists going to the Rocky Stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he was actually pretty impressed that we didn't have time to do that. I probably would have if we would have been in the area. We were just, uh, you know, we were in town for a wedding and that was on the opposite side of our hotel from like Independence Hall and everything. Did you see the Rocky Stairs at all? I did not see the Rocky Stairs, <laughs> nor did I really feel inclined to do so. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I would have I would have probably taken a picture of uh of myself on top, probably doing the cliché pose, right? <laughs> I would have fit in. Clearly that's the only place people go when they visit Philly. Right. But yeah, it, it was it was a good time. Uh I, I had never been there. I would gladly go back. How about yourself? I, I thought it was fantastic. Like I said, I really liked the architecture there. Um, I think I definitely want to go back for maybe a little bit longer than a weekend. So Now, did you lick the Liberty Bell? I did not lick okay. the Liberty Bell. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, so this is our third episode, and we are coming to you right after a Minnesota United victory this past weekend. So let's start off with just a little bit of team and uh, league news. First of all, the FS1 broadcast continued to speak of the team's interest in Emmanuel Reynoso of Argentina's Boca Juniors. There, there were rumors of Minnesota United technical director Mark Watson actually returning to Buenos Aires to uh, further negotiate the deal. However, there were also rumors of him canceling his flight. So, Justin, I, I really don't know what to tell you on this. Yeah, I read some stuff, too, about how Reynoso was back in the starting lineup, but their season's almost coming to close. So what I've heard also as well is that that maybe talks will resume once that season's over and they're looking to just move him. You know, maybe it's some posturing happening right now. You know, I also heard talk of maybe Molino proved that we don't need this guy. Well, indefinitely, I think Molino probably proved... Uh, in a negotiating sense, that we don't need this guy, right? I think everyone knows that we still we still need that extra player to kind of just push us one step further. But yeah, Molino set Molino showed everyone we're not in a hurry, and uh, Molino showed everyone that even if he comes to town, that doesn't mean Molino's going to just disappear. And maybe that gives us leverage too in negotiations because we don't look quite as desperate anymore. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, other top news, some sad news for the MLS in general. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Martinez of Atlanta tore his ACL against Nashville in their opener. Yeah, he did. You, you know, this, this means a lot for Atlanta. 2018 MVP. Uh, Martinez is one of those guys where if you don't know the MLS that well, chances are you know his name or if you don't know his name, you at least recognize his face. He is one of the faces of the MLS. And to have him for not even a full game and to have his 2020 campaign already having ended, that is, that is difficult for the entire league and for all fans of the league. And one of the big things that I, that I like about him, too, is that he's not, he's not looking to go above and beyond in this league. Like, he's stated that this is where he wants to be. And for a guy of his age, you know, he's fairly young. He's in his mid-20s. To say that he wants to be the face of this league for years to come, you know, to lose that kind of guy is, is devastating for the league, league yeah. in general. Well, yeah, why would he want to leave? They, they already have, is it multiple murals, or is he still on only one mural in Atlanta? <laughs> Like, why would you want to leave a place that is literally painting murals of you onto buildings? Yeah, he's a great uh, character to have in the MLS, and we wish him a speedy recovery. And, uh, you know, Atlanta, I'm I'm sorry, you're not our favorite. uh, You're not our favorite (laughs) team, but that sucks. Like, we, we get it. That sucks for you guys. Sorry you have to go through that. Next, next news. This, this one actually hits me a little hard. This is a tough one, guys. Forward Madison FC, our now former USL affiliate, has announced its new affiliation with the Chicago Fire. It's a shame. <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm Madison born and raised, and uh, there, if there's one thing about growing up in that part of Wisconsin, you do not like teams from Chicago. <laughs> so <laughs> to hear that my hometown team... right. Had been affiliated with uh, with my Minnesota United, and they're now switching to uh, be with some. I'm, I'm not going to call them what uh, what we would actually call them. That's not. <laughs> we don't want to get the explicit. This is know, a fa- label. this is a family show, but so I'm not going to call them what my dad taught me to call them when I was probably two years old. But to have them with the Illinois. Illinesians, whatever they're called, whatever they're called, they're, they're Illinoising. That's what they are. Uh, <laughs> that that stings for me. I mean, you know, in, we were talking about this before. If you really wanted Wyatt Olmsberg that bad, yeah. That, I mean, we could have just we could have just loaned him out to you again, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Forward Madison did uh, put a quote on Twitter saying, "We still retain the ability to work with Minnesota, but we are not an exclusive partner with them." That being said, we still have a lot of love for our loon friends up north. So, and the United made a comment that they're going to continue to work with them to improve their first team. So, I'm sure we'll still have friendlies in the future. Yeah, the teams will play each other. We just won't have, you know, that developmental piece anymore. Well, and I, I just think it makes sense uh, from a marketing standpoint. Wisconsin uh, should be Loon's territory. Mm. Wisconsin fans, especially in the part of the state that Madison and Milwaukee would be in, are not very sympathetic to teams from Chicago, but would be much more sympathetic for a team from Minnesota. Minnesota United games are already shown on Fox Sports Wisconsin because Fox Sports Wisconsin and Fox Sports North are essentially the same network, just uh, operating under different names. 
So it, it does make a lot of sense from a marketing standpoint. It is, uh, it's too bad going forward that that affiliation has ended, but I'm assuming Minnesota probably has bigger plans in mind rather than working with an independent USL club. I assume they want their own. Right. We've talked about that off, off the pod before that it, it seems like that could be an avenue, right? That, yeah. You know, teams these days really like having their own team that they can develop with as opposed to, to trusting their players with someone else. This might be just another sign that, that Minnesota United too is on the horizon. Yeah. Well, we we said in our pilot episode, it would have been great for Minnesota to have Dane St. Clair being the starting goalkeeper for a team, get him some more minutes, get him some more experience, see uh, better see what we have in him. Where in Madison, they they had two goalkeepers ahead of him on the depth chart, so he did not get a lot of playing time. You know, we won't do this every week, but since it was week one, we have some former loons who were quite popular with their fan base who would have gotten playing time around the MLS. Justin, you want to run through what we got? Yeah, so uh, Abu Dunlady subbed on for Nashville versus Atlanta in their loss. Uh, in typical Abu fashion, he had a, a scoring chance late but fell down in the box <laughs> and did not score. Looked very familiar to me. Sorry. Sorry, Abu fans out there. We were, we were watching that from the Philly cheesesteak place. <laughs> I, I do not remember that part, but that is hilarious. I laughed. I laughed. I, I, I mean, I, I wish him the best. But uh, Next, uh, Ramirez subbed on for Houston in their, their draw versus LA Galaxy. Darwin was not in the lineup. So okay. I'm interested to see what that means. Um, Ibarra started uh, for Seattle versus Chicago. I know some people in Minnesota are kind of bitter about that a little bit, you know, yeah. to to have him to say goodbye to him to only to have him be a starter for a different side so quickly is kind of confusing, but he was on he played for Seattle in their win versus Chicago and Calvo was on the other side of that for Chicago in their in their loss to Seattle. Yeah. All those guys for the most part positive memories of them. Mostly. And, uh, you know, we, we wish them the best. Once a loon, always a loon. So probably won't check in on them every week unless something crazy happens. But it's, uh, it's good to see where they're at week one. But let's, uh, let's, review, uh, let's review Portland, our 3-1 victory. Oh, beautiful victory. You excited? Oh, man. Well, I wasn't excited the whole time, and we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> Uh, so the the lineup, it was just the think? it was just what we predicted. It was the same lineup they had for the third preseason game. Should we be concerned that Chacon was not in it, not even on the bench? He he wasn't even on the bench. Yeah, I I really am not concerned. In the previous episode, I I talked about Callum Williams. You know the play by play commentator from Minnesota United, employed by the club telling everyone in his uh, Sound of the Loons podcast to pump the brakes, to not assume that Thomas Chacon is going to just start right away and take the world by storm. He told us this. Well, I guess not everyone listened. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. Like we're, I get it. We're pumped, right? We, we spent big money on this kid, and we're pumped. We want to see him. Again, you know, for the second week in the row... Callum Williams, who, whose word I, I trust, he says he just isn't ready yet. If you saw him during preseason, which most of these games were not televised, so not all of us did see him, 
Uh, and even if those games would have been televised, we wouldn't have been watching the practices. He, he just says he is not ready to play at this MLS level. He is an exciting prospect. And I know he's going to get playing time because Robin Ludd is going to be in the Euros. So if he's not starting, he's at least going to be out the bench. There's going to be plenty of opportunity this season for Thomas Chacon to prove himself. But he is not ready yet, and I'm not surprised at this at all. And and I, and I would like to say too, I think this also speaks to the depth of this squad, you know. And and yes, we'd like to see our shiny toy be out there and, and on in the lineup. But if he's not ready, we don't need to play him. No, we don't need to put him out there if it's it's not going to be the right time. So, sure. you know, I'll take it as a sign that that we have a lot of guys that can that can crack the lineup right now. And he's just not ready. And I'm sure he'll be he'll he'll play. I mean, yeah. this isn't this isn't like he's going to be buried on the depth chart for the whole season. I think that we'll see him sporadically, but it won't be until he's ready. Right. It's just there's no point in starting him before he's ready. So you know, moving on to the game itself, first 15 minutes that they were rough. Woof. Yeah, that's all I got to say, man. I was texting back and forth with Sam. I was nervous. It, it, it just we just never we never could keep the ball and they were just attacking us over and over again. Um, our text you said something like you could have easily seen us be down three nil at one point. Yeah, I you know especially with that uh, Tyler Miller not a penalty oh. that everyone just assumed was a penalty. Wow, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I you, you know that that was that was the first moment of the season. I wish it would have came a few games later where I was like. <laughs> Why am I trying to start a podcast if <laughs> if I thought that that was a penalty oh, and I can't man. I can't explain to you why that wasn't a penalty and I can't explain to you why VAR looked into it uh, video assisted referee I can't explain to you why VAR looked into it and still determined that there wasn't enough to overturn the call it looked like a penalty pretty straightforward penalty committed by Tyler Miller who just looked awkward to start the game and fortunately he fixed that and 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 how they like I don't know if it's just bad luck or whatever, but it just felt like, you know, like something was going to go in and it just never did. Yeah, you know, to, to get and I, I know we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but but to go to halftime zero zero was a win in my book. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Portland had I thought two besides that penalty that wasn't a penalty. Portland had two significant chances that they just couldn't convert on one one where they just missed. And an, another that uh, I believe Tyler Miller just made, made a decent save, not a extreme save by any means, but w- was able to come to the rescue. Uh, yeah, Portland could have easily been up three nothing and then put the game away. Their press was working very well. They were very aggressive. It was causing us to miss just about every pass. I, I can't really think of a bright spot that we had at least in the first half of the first half. Yeah, it felt it felt like we couldn't we couldn't do anything. I mean, we didn't have a we didn't have a shot on goal for 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 most of that first half. Sure. You know, I think you know you talked about Tyler Miller, and, and I'm excited to see what he does this season. Uh, it's going to definitely take some getting used to with how aggressive he is because it's definitely that's definitely not how Vito played. No, Vito. <laughs> Vito was like he stuck to his line, and uh, you, you know he was he was almost like a robot in that sense. Which there, there are positives and negatives right. to that, you, you know. I, but he will leave us vulnerable sometimes, and it is much more likely that Tyler Miller will commit a t- penalty as opposed to Vito Minone. 
But things got better, Justin. Things got way better. I, I, you know, texting back and forth with you, I think we both were super relieved when the second half started and we started to see, you know, some some more development in 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 our attack. We started to see things coming together and we started to be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So Portland typically, I've I've always thought of them as more of a uh, as a counterattacking team, at, at least in the recent uh, in the recent years. But they were very aggressive during this game. It was very clear to me that they didn't want this to be just a zero-zero draw. That they wanted they wanted the win, so they kept an aggressive press going into the second half, and it left it left them vulnerable. Right. Uh, that that was when Ethan Finlay uh, stepped up to the plate. Man, he he had a great yeah. game. <laughs> you, you know, I I know earlier in the episode I. Ref- referred to him as Minnesota's own. I know a lot of times he's referred to as the boy from Duluth. <laughs> but do you know where he went to high school? Um, Marshfield? Yeah. Marshfield, Wisconsin. Marshfield, Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, you, you know what his favorite NFL team is. I hope it's not the Packers. It is the Packers. Oh. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so... He stayed in Wisconsin too long. <laughs> Ethan Finlay, our cheesehead loon, involved in all three goals, earning an assist for two of them. So goal number one, Finlay in transition, sets up Robin Ludd. Robin Ludd is blocked, but then there is Kevin Molino right after him, knocks that baby in. That was a thing of beauty. I loved it. Of course, after watching the English Premier League all year long, I'm like, oh my gosh, he was probably outside. VAR is going <laughs> to... Var, They're going to take the VAR is going to take it away. Yeah, <laughs> so I... I'm, I'm glad that MLS does seem to be handling VAR better, even though it still doesn't make sense. Goal number two, though, Finlay in transition again, makes a great cross to Luis Amaria, puts it right where he needs to. Amaria heads it in for goal number two. And that's uh, that's goal one. That's goal number one of 25 <laughs> for him. And, and I think that was, a, that was a beautiful moment, too. Just what a great cross and what a great finish by Amaria. Oh, yeah. You watch the defender, and, and he he was frozen. He, you know, you watch back to the, the clip. I don't think the the D man knew where Amaria was. He lost track of him. The ball goes over his head, and he turns around, and he's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> right before the header is is put in the back of the goal. And then goal number three. Uh, this Finley involved again, and again to our our good buddy Kevin Molino. This this was one of those. He meant to do this, right? Where <laughs> Ethan Finlay just flicks it backwards, puts it right where Molino needs it, and Molino gets the ball in the goal for his for his first brace of the season. So I hadn't heard this term before, but uh, and I love it though. Finlay, if if it weren't for the if Lode had scored that first goal, do you know what they call it when you get three assists in a game? No, the gentleman's hat trick. The gentleman. I like that. Isn't that nice? Yeah, like you just you're a gentleman, right? Like, you're you're giving yeah. you're giving you're passing you know passing the ball off to others, allowing other people to score. Huh. So I mean, fin- but Finlay was involved in all three goals, sure. uh, and I think that showed. You know, I think he's back to full health. Yeah, you know, I think he's back to full health, and I think he's he's ready to take command of that right side. Yeah. It's got to be all that cheese. All that cheese. Oh, <laughs> Helps boy. with the recovery. Uh, it was fun to watch him, too, uh, chirping with the keeper for Portland. So uh, I didn't know about this until the, the broadcaster mentioned it, but they, Steve Clark and, and Finlay played together when they were with the Columbus crew. So they're, And it sounds like they were good buddies during their time. 
But if you watch back, a lot of times, you know, earlier on in the game, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there's moments after the scores and stuff, but there was a lot of chirping back and forth because Finlay was, 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 you know, he was obviously involved in those three three plays, but he was attacking a ton and, and, and giving him fits. So that's fun. It's fun to see that little rivalry. Yeah. I, I've said it before. To me, he is, you know, that, that saying, Adrian Heath will say this sometime, is play like the fans would if they were given an opportunity to wear that crest. Right. And to, to me, Ethan Finlay, he, he embodies that statement. Well, and, and he's just, I think he's a good, a good, uh, I know, I know he's not technically a Minnesota guy. I mean, he was born here, but not necessarily raised, but it's nice to have him be the local boy you in can, a sense. You can be a Minnesota guy and still have ties to Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, <laughs> are you proud of it? But so, so that's the good, right? Yeah. Obviously like the game, the game turned around. We were able to come away with the victory, score a ton of goals to kind of quell any, any nervousness that, that was happening at the beginning, but there were some rough spots. Yeah, and a big one, I think. I think the first one we're going to talk about probably was the one that it has me most concerned. Opara did not look great. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just you know his physical nature didn't work so well with with the guys he was defending against, but he he struggled at times and made he made some really bad really bad plays. Yeah, so our. The only goal we conceded was off of a penalty created by Opara. Again, we're talking about, I don't know why that Tyler Miller not a penalty wasn't a penalty. <laughs> that seemed more blatant than what Opara did. I think this may have may have been kind of a, a makeup call. Yeah, perhaps, but I, I do still think it was a penalty. It was maybe a less blatant penalty, but I do... I did not have any arguments when that was called a penalty. Um, yeah, I, I'm i going to just assume he was rusty. You know, we've been watching him for a year now. He's played in almost every single game. I can't think of too many mistakes that Eichel Parra has made. Uh, he just didn't have the greatest game today. So I'm going to assume he was just rusty. He wasn't uh, He wasn't training with the team as much as he would have liked over the, over the preseason. So... Here's to better days for Ike Opara. Right. Yeah, he he also made that mistake where he set Portland up for a dangerous free kick. And, uh, you, you know, there's there's another saying where if a defender is doing their job, you really don't notice them. And during this game, we just we noticed Ike Opara in some pretty crucial uh, moments. And that that's how you know it wasn't his greatest game. It was a game that he probably wishes he could have back, but... Then again, the rest of the team pulled through, and and we we won convincingly. So, and we got plenty of opportunities yeah. for the rest of the season for him to to improve and and be the the you know defender of the year that we know he can be. I guess the next player I'd want to bring up, and this wasn't really a rough moment by any means, but Robin Lode is desperate for the stats this yeah. year. He is desperate for goals. He is desperate for assists. You know, I, and I thought he looked dangerous, uh, dangerous this game, but he had. <laughs> now it was a great save by Clark, but he had just the golden opportunity to hit a goal, and it it was blocked, and that that just stings a little bit because right. you you know he wanted that. Maybe if he could have just hit it slightly different. Clark wouldn't have been able to make that great save. Well, that was, you know, <laughs> Clark was fired up after that, too. He knew that that was a big block. Yeah. 
Oh, we, we all did. We all did. So, Justin, who would you say man of the match? This is this is tough. I think I know who I have to default to, but so we, we, let's talk. Let's just talk about some of the the, the people that kind of stood out. So obviously, Hot Boy, Hot Boy Molino with his yeah. two goals with the brace is great. You know, proving that maybe we don't need Bibello. Finlay setting the table on all night long. You know, awesome. Amaria making good on his goals, which. What 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 did we say? We looked and with that first goal, he's on pace for something like thirty nine goals this season. So he's gonna. <laughs> I mean, if he gets a goal a game, he's gonna shatter his his, sure. his his prediction, right? But you know who I think had the best game? I think Michael Boxall. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm I know I think I, I gotta kind of default to that because I I think I know where you're going, but I think Boxall made up for what Opara did. Yeah, and, and I think like you said, like if you don't notice the defender. That you know they're doing their job. I think if they look back and watch the plays that Boxall made, the clearances that he had, he he was just he was just so good. And yeah. I, I think he really helped, especially in that first half that we talked about, where we were just it just felt like there, a goal was going to go in. Look back at how many of those attacks ended with him making a clearance to get the ball out. And I think that he set us up for that second half to score the goals we did and to win the game. Even though he may have not ended up with the, on the stat line. Um, I think he was a big part of that. So that's he's my man of the match. How about yourself? My my heart says Finlay, but I gotta go with Molino. He he gets the two goals. Besides the two goals, some great dribbling going on, uh, distributing the ball. I I gotta go with Molino. My my heart says Finlay. I think any other day I would have said Finlay, but it's it's hard to it's hard to in my opinion it's hard to not award some with man of the match if they have two of your three goals. So. And his just his finishing ability was huge. Yeah, yeah. Always, always in the right place at the right time. So a couple of interesting substitutions, or I'd say one one interesting substitution, one uh, pretty predictable substitution. The predictable substitution, Dotson for Molino, and I think that that's just be- that was late in the game. Right, Molino, more of an attacking minded midfielder. Uh, Hassani Dotson. Much much more comfortable uh, playing kind of defensive midfield roles, and I think Heath just trusts him to put games away. We we saw this last year. We saw this early in the season last year. He was the first rookie to have any playing time last year. Not surprised by that at all. Right. The other one was the big celery. The big celery. The yeah. big celery made his debut um, for Amaria. So, would you say that that was a surprising move to you? I think it was a surprise that he was selected over Toy for the final minutes of the game. But I'm not surprised about the surprise. <laughs> well, I mean, Toy, Toy's the guy you're going to bring on to create, right? Yeah. Or to make, you know, you need a goal at the end. You need, you need a change of pace. What you're doing has him to work in. Toy's going to come out there. He's going to make a play. He's going to get you a goal. Where I think, I think the big celery, that's, that's not his game. Yeah, no. I, I think he, I think as we get to watch him more, I think he's going to have that sort of hold up quality right. that Angela Rodriguez w- did excel in. Yeah, I, th- I think if you're just trying to maintain possession, Big Celery might be a good guy to have on there, uh, and Heath might have game plan for that. Uh, the same way he might have game plan for Toy to come on and go go make something happen. Right. Um, I would be I would be shocked if. 
we were down or tied and Big Celery came on instead of Toy. Right. I agree with you. I th- I think that it was the reason why you you carry both those both those strikers on the bench is for those two scenarios. Sure. You're up big, you put Celery in, you're you're tighter, you're down, you're going to put Toy in to try to make a difference and get you some points. Well, and yeah, and I I never heard any comment from Adrian Heath about this, but it's not common for a team to have two strikers on their bench. Typically, your bench is full of midfielders uh, and one striker, especially in a formation that only requires one striker. So that tells me that there was probably some plan around this. Right. So, So great win to start the season. Yeah. Top of the table. Top, top of the table, yeah. I, I'm I'm psyched for the win. Three to one at Portland is a big deal. It is hard to win on the road in the MLS, and Providence Park in Portland is probably the number one place that if I could go to any away game in the MLS, I would love to see Minnesota in Portland. Um, to me, when I watch on TV, I watch a lot of European. Um, I I watch a lot of European soccer, and Portland is the place where it reminds me of those European venues, and it happens to be within a domestic flight away. So I'm hoping sometime within the near future, maybe we do a live podcast from Portland. I would love to go there more than any other place, but we'll probably end up in some godforsaken place like Chicago before then. (laughs) (laughs) I do have one final note uh, that you just made me think about, and I think back to last year, and and though we had a fantastic season, I think there were a number of games that we started off slow like we did this week. I think mainly in my head I'm looking back to the the game against New England Revolution out there where we, in in that instance, we thought we were going to win that game. I don't know if that was the case for this one. But we started off slow, and I guess I just am used to our team. If that's going to be the way we start the game, that's just going to continue. And to see this team start off as slow as we did to start off in the hole that we did, but then come out victorious in a big way, I think that's huge for this yeah. team. And I think that's huge for the future of the squad. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the future, let's talk about San Jose. The so, earthquakes. The earthquakes, yeah. So last week, San Jose had a dramatic draw at home to Toronto, 2-2, thanks to a 95th-minute goal by their newly acquired defender, Osvaldo As- Alanis. Did you watch the replay of that? I didn't see it. Was it pretty cool? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't know if he meant to do it or not. <laughs> you know, you don't. Let, let's just say Ethan Finlay's back flick to Kevin Molino looked much more purposeful than, uh, <laughs> than, this, than this free kick. But it goes in, and it, it, it goes in in the 95th minute, and everyone goes nuts. And uh, so that was fun to watch in the highlights. I did not watch that live. But uh, just a little matchup history. Last year, we got the best of, of this... Uh, of this uh, matchup. We won 3-0 away early in the season last year. And again, we won 3-1 at home at Allianz Field in July. And I remember uh, I remember one thing that was kind of... Uh, they do this weird, like, man-marking yeah. thing. 
So I, I know that they talked about that a lot when we played them last year and how it really wasn't working for them. Um, so I, I know I'm excited to kind of see it in play again because I know that that's their manager's thing, right? Like that's what he's known for. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that goes uh, this year. I, I remember last year at this time, kind of the Minnesota United's response to the man-marking scheme was, well, our players are better, so the, <laughs> so it, it's not going to work. And you, you know, of course, we do we do have uh, we do have those veteran players in their you know later twenties, early thirties, who you, you know are just they're going to be hard to just mark all day. You, you know, we'll we'll see. We both pretty much have the same teams that we had last year. San Jose, their season had its ups and downs last year. They started kind of slow as they were becoming introduced to this new man-marking system. And then they really hit their stride in the middle of the season. Towards the end of the season, they they started to fizzle out. I don't know if they were becoming tired. I have heard that the system is very physically demanding. For a while in the middle of the season, it looked like they were going to actually rally and make the playoffs. And then it that that did not happen. They they kind of fell off the cliff again at the end. So we have to see, are we getting them full strength? Are we getting them uh, when they're still trying to figure things out? Are they, are they a team that loses to us uh, for a combined total of 6-1? to one? Are they that quality of a team, or did we just catch them at the right time last year? I don't know. So what do you think about the lineup? Do you think we're going to put out the same 11? I would assume. How about yourself? I think so. I, I think I think we're kind of done with the days of toying with different lineups and kind of seeing yeah. what works. I think Keith knows what he wants, and, and I, I think maybe we'll see a different, maybe a different combination on the bench. Maybe Chacon makes it. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I think it all depends on what he thinks we're going to need for this matchup. But I think the 11 yeah. will be the same. Well, and he's a big training guy too. So with with Ben, I think with our starting eleven, there's no reason why he would switch anything uh, out, outside of you know something unforeseeable. But as far as the bench players who didn't have the opportunity to prove themselves in Portland, uh, he's he's a training guy. If he sees you giving one hundred percent in training and sees the guy in front of you not, you, you know that that's when Heath is likely to make a move. So. I, I don't know about the bench. The bench seems to the the bench to me has more uh likelihood of fluctuating here, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just put out the exact same team sheet. So who should we know on this squad, this this earthquake squad? Who should we keep an yeah. eye out for? Yeah, so here at the uh Pod on you Loons podcast, it's we understand that not everyone has been following the MLS for years. Minnesota is only in their fourth season. And uh, so we every every week we want to just highlight the guys that you should be aware of going into the game, because to me that's what makes it more entertaining is when you understand the storylines and just people become more recognizable, and then all of a sudden you're able to better follow the league in general. Let's let's start off with their manager. We we brought him up already, uh, Matias Almeida, uh, former Liga MX. Copa MX and CONCACAF Champions League winning manager, primarily with Guadalajara, also known as Chivas. So one of the biggest clubs in Mexico. And he's in his second year now with San Jose. I just want to make a note. This man, 
If you have not seen his hair, Google him now and look at that flow. I hope, Sam, that this game is windy because I want to see <laughs> that lettuce flow. Huh. Do you think I could pull it off? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's the problem with all these uh, all these people <laughs> with the cool styles is I, I, I would do that too if I could pull it off. And I, and I know that that was a huge signing for them to get him as their, their, was. their manager. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully his, his style works. Hopefully he starts for them, I guess they, they start to kind of see what he, you know, like what he's trying to develop there and they have success. Just hopefully it's not the Saturday. Yeah. Uh, there will be another boy from Minnesota in Oof. the game. Jackson Yule, midfielder. This, this one hurts, man. I, I, I want to say, I'd say he's the one that got away, man. I, <laughs> I think that we look back, we're going to talk forever about him being the one that got away. He's on the U.S. men's national team. He's uh, a pride of, of Bloomington Jefferson High School in Minnesota. He actually played for the Thunder, Sam. He played for youth ball. Youth but, ball yeah. for the Thunder. But, you know, he played for the Thunder. He was he was in our backyard and during the 2017 draft. Instead of selecting him number one, we took... We took Abu. Abu. Can can you really blame us? I mean, Abu could have been a total home run. We 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 didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but it's it's nice to see a local kid making a name for himself in the MLS. And given that he has had uh, seven U.S. Men's National Teams caps in the past year, you know we we still get to watch him every time we watch our U.S. Men's National Team. So who knows? Maybe maybe someday he uh, comes back home. <laughs> gives his hometown a gives his hometown a little love. We'll see, we'll see. And then finally, uh, we talked about uh, Josef Martinez as being a just a name to know in the MLS, a face to know in the MLS. Well, before Josef Martinez, there was Chris Wondolowski, who didn't start last week against Toronto, but he did sub on. He is thirty seven years old, and he's playing his final season in a career that makes him the MLS all-time leading goal scorer with 159 MLS goals. Wow. That's big. That is big. That is big. You know, I'm I'm not going to just keep reading his Wikipedia page or anything, <laughs> but but I mean he's 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 definitely a, a face of, you know, US soccer. Yeah. Um and you know, I think you know, even when we watched him last year, he, he's getting up there in age, but he still has, he's like that crafty veteran on the team, right? Like he maybe isn't as fast as he once was, but he's going to surprise you every once in a while and make some plays. Um, he scored a goal. He, he was the one that scored a goal against us, I think, I think in that 3-1 game, with just a crafty goal. And that's yeah. that's the way he plays now. Yeah, and, he, you know, from from my memory, uh, he he was never... He was never just the athletic freak. He's always been a smart player, uh, not necessarily the fastest, not, necessar- not, not necessarily the most gifted, but he knows where to be. He knows what to do with the ball, and that's what's given him such a just outstanding career in the MLS. He was not the one that scored against us. It was Tommy <laughs> Thompson. My bad. <laughs> But he does great things, and he's got a, a illustrious career. He's obviously going to be walking away as one of the all-time greats in this league, and it's fantastic for him to to go out as a member of this team. For sure. So, Justin, do you have a do you have a score prediction? I 
think we're going to win 3-0. 3-0? I, th- I think that sounds good to me. I think, you know, 3-0, three, 3-1 three last year, I think we put it to them again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see us losing this game with it being hard to win on the road in the MLS. I'm going to say we have a 2-1 victory. Ooh. All right. 2-1 victory, but I think it's going to be close. And I think there will be some late game drama. All right, you heard it here first from Sam. Yeah. Late game drama. Maybe a Hassani Dotson banger to seal it off. Ooh, that'd be great. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We we can hope. I want to see goal number two by our friend Amaria. Luis Amaria is going to get goal number two. Luis. Okay, so that's another one the, of my predictions. Those are the predictions that Luis Amaria will score goal number two of twenty five, and a Hassani Dotson banger. Seal things off. So, Justin, we have some questions. We got questions. People are listening to this thing, Sam. Pe- people are listening to this thing. Uh, side note: someone, someone on uh, the Minnesota United Reddit uh, made a list of all Minnesota United podcasts. Where did he put us, Sam? We were we were first in the list. But what did you write? He wrote next to it, like, super new or super something? Super new. <laughs> Which, <laughs> at thanks. We could have just left that off, buddy. But thanks. Thanks for the pub. At, at least he didn't say, like, super noobs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he meant. No, it, yeah, it was nice. It, 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 it was nice because I know for a fact that this person couldn't have been one of our moms, right? There's just <laughs> <laughs> My mom does not know about this podcast. My, my mom listened. That's why we finally have some listeners from Wisconsin. Shout out Sam's mom. <laughs> but... I, I know that was not one of our moms. I have no idea who this guy was. So we're getting out there. As we said in the last <laughs> podcast, the internet has found us. The internet is ready to <laughs> pot on you loons. But this question comes from James in the Netherlands. And he asks, what is the draft and how does this work? That's a good question. I mean, I, I think that this is, it is. It's a kind of a rare thing in this game, right? Soccer does not historically have a draft. No. The draft is more or less an American sports thing, right? Like Yeah, it is. It's 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 a way for for leagues to, you know, have a pool of players. It's meant to be like a fair way of distributing talent, right? Yeah. The NFL obviously like that's it's a big event. It's a big marketing thing. I mean, they they've spent a whole weekend doing it. Right. If you watch any any ESPN or whatever right now, it's wall to wall coverage of this NFL draft. Right. Other major sports in, in in the United States have it as well: basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever. But it's definitely not a soccer thing. No. No. And uh, so he asks, "How does it work?" And to me, I believe this is in a response to us frequently referring to last year's just phenomenal draft class. Where we acquired Chase Gaff, Chase Gasper, Dane St. Clair, and Hassani Dotson. So specifically, what is what is the super draft? You know, we're not talking about an expansion draft. Uh, we're not talking about a waiver draft, but specifically the super draft where the rookies are coming in. Uh, the rookies are coming in just like they would in other major American sports. They're they're coming in primarily from uh, the colleges and universities across the country. I, th- I think probably a better question here is how how effective is it? Because in the NFL, if you consistently 
just draft well, your team is probably going to do pretty well. Your team will consist of those players that you drafted. In fact, that is the best way to success because free agency is a lot more expensive than just drafting the right way in the NFL. But in the MLS, things are different. So, Justin, I want to just read through. So we're our fourth year in the league. So that means we have four drafts that we can that we can look at really quick. Three that are significantly in the past. So 2017. I want you to tell me how many of these guys have you even heard of? <laughs> Abu Dinladi. I've heard of him. We've heard of him. He, I just I, I dogged on him. <laughs> you you dog on and him. He, and he was the first player taken in the draft. He he was number one overall. So he he's at least still in the league. Alec Farrell. Who? Thomas De Villardi. Who? I guess he's now with the Austin Bold in oh, the good USL. For, good for him. Yep, good for him. Yep. Uh, Tanner Thompson. No. Yeah, right. So 2017, not that long ago, uh, Abu Dhanladi did uh, did make his contribution for Minnesota United. But other than that, no one else from that draft class, our first draft class ever, no one else ever even played. Um, and, and, and looking at this this draft, too, I mean, or looking at the numbers, I mean, we, we talked about the NFL you know, there's seven rounds in that draft, and guys from every single round will make contribution. Heck, guys that don't even get drafted will make contributions, and we we didn't even sign our second round pick. You know, like we from didn't this year, yeah, or from 2017, right? Uh, Alex Farrell and oh, Thomas yeah. Viardi never signed those guys. Like they never played for our team, and they're in the second round, right? Like in other sports, second round picks are huge contributors to your team, right? That's like they're they're gonna be on your team. But in MLS, not the case. Yeah. Uh, 2018, I think you'll recognize a few more of these names. Uh, Mason Toy, obvious, obviously, um, drafted him seventh overall in the first round. That's a good one. Uh, Wyatt Omsberg, we drafted 15th overall in the first round. Um, recently, we traded him to Chicago. Probably going to end up in Madison again now. <laughs> and then... 23rd in the first round, Carter Manley, who we declined to renew his contract. He is now a free agent. Besides those three first round picks that we had that year, Xavier Gomez, we drafted in the second round. He was never, he, he never made an appearance with Minnesota. He's now with Union Omaha in the USL League One. So uh, of those names I listed off, Mason Toy, at least is on the team. Wyatt Omsberg is at least in the league. Carter Manley, we w- we wish the best for him. But, wish you the best, man. But he is, he's currently a free agent um, looking for a team. 2019 things obviously get much more interesting because we have Dane St. Clair still on our team, loaned out to San Antonio. We have Chase Gasper, who is a starter for our team. And in the second round... Chase and Dane St. Clair were both first-round picks. But in the second round, we have Hassani Dotson, who was drafted 31st overall in that draft, who, who is one of our bright young stars for the team. After Hassani Dotson, Kevin Rodriguez. Yeah, some guy, yes. He's, he's now also in the USL Championship. And uh, Mitchell Osmond, who plays for Indy 11 in the US Championship. 
Yeah, I, no, nothing much there. Um, 2020, our most recent draft, Noel Billingsley has been offered a contract. We took him 18th overall. But our fourth-round picks, Matthew Bentley and Andrew Booth, uh, were, were not signed. So besides Hassani Dotson, no one drafted by the Loons after the first round is still in the MLS. That's crazy. So just to kind of paint that picture, if you're looking at the draft as if it was the NFL draft, it just isn't. It's it's not that exciting. All right, Justin. That is all we have for today. It's been a long episode, but a good one. It, yeah, a long one, but a good one. Um, so hopefully we can uh, keep keep getting out there, maybe make a couple of other uh Maybe a couple of other strangers will reference us on Reddit. <laughs> I hope so. Just be nice. You know, we're a lot of new. We're new. We're new. We're super new. We're super new. A lot a lot of podcasts, a lot of people when they make podcasts, they record like ten without publishing them and we just went for it. You know what? We wanna we wanna get this to you. We we think we, we're worth listening to. We're and we're bringing you along for the ride. Right. <laughs> we're bringing you along for the ride. So you know, contact us if you want. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Hey, did you make us a Instagram yet? I haven't made us an Instagram. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you that homework, Justin, so I you can make, make us an happen. Instagram. We we will announce it on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and yeah, you can uh, you can find our podcast pretty much on any of the main podcast apps. So check us out and and watch the game Saturday or Saturday at 7 p.m. Is that when the the United United's playing? Right, Saturday at 7 p.m. Do you know this? watch the game Saturday at 7pm folks alright 